Rudy Giuliani stunningly admits he needed Yovanovitch out of the way conservative Democratic congressman says he rejected Republican offer to join the GOP Joe Biden coldly reigns on Trump's happy pulperade Schumer says not allowing witnesses at impeachment trial would amount to a cover-up study finds California coastal waters are twice as acidic as the global average amid opioid crisis. Purdue Pharma's payments to Sacklers increased dramatically Congress unveils $1.3 trillion spending deal The DNC is still scrambling to resolve the labor dispute threatening this week's debate Rudy Giuliani stunningly admits he needed Yovanovitch out of the way Well, that wasn't subtle. In a sweeping article in The New Yorker, focused on Ukraine's former general prosecutor Yuri Lutsenko, President Trump's personal lawyer and former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani was pretty open about his plan to get rid of Marie Yovanovitch the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. Lutsenko reportedly wasn't fond of Yovanovitch, whom he felt favored his rival, the head of Ukraine's new anti-corruption bureau. That seemingly made him a good partner for Giuliani, who was launching a campaign to get Kiev to investigate the actions of some of Trump's domestic political rivals in Ukraine. Giuliani has widely been viewed as the leading force behind the movement to drive Yovanovitch out of her role because she was seen as an obstacle to his investigation-related plans, and he admitted as much to the New Yorker. Andrew Desiderio, at Andrew Desiderio, December 16, 2019 Giuliani then compiled a dossier on Yovanovitch and former Vice President Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, who once served on the board of Aborisma, a Ukrainian gas company at the center of corruption allegations. He went on to coordinate with journalist John Solomon, who interviewed Lutsenko for The Hill, to push the story and force out Yovanovitch. I said, John, let's make this as prominent as possible, Giuliani told The New Yorker. Read more at The New Yorker. Tim O'Donnell conservative Democratic congressman says he rejected Republican offer to join the GOP representative Colin Peterson, Democrat Minnesota is one of his party's most conservative lawmakers, and while he's not sure yet if he will vote in favor of impeaching President Trump, he does know he has no interest in becoming a Republican, despite being asked by members of the GOP. In October, Peterson voted against endorsing the Democratic-led House impeachment inquiry into Trump, and on Monday, he told KFGO News that he has yet to decide if he will vote in favor of impeachment later this week. Peterson revealed that there have been overtures by the highest levels of the Republican Party in the last couple weeks to ask him if he would consider joining their ranks, but he turned them down. Peterson said he is staying in the Democratic Party in spite of some of the stuff that's going on that I don't agree with because he is not going to switch parties at this SD age in my career. Peterson, 75, was first elected in 1990, and has not decided whether he will run for re-election. While Peterson rejected the Republican Party, Another conservative Democrat, Representative Jeff Vanter of New Jersey, is reportedly ready to embrace the GOP. Catherine Garcia Joe Biden coldly reigns on Trump's happy pull parade President Trump had a good pull on Monday, in a USA Today slash Suffolk University survey, he leads all his potential Democratic rivals, including former Vice President Joe Biden by three percentage points, just inside the polls plus three-point margin of error. But that's not the poll Trump highlighted on Twitter Monday afternoon. In fact, it's not quite clear what poll he was tweeting about that has his approval rating at 51%, or even above 50%. Biden either found that elusive poll or just decided he might just as well make up a number, too. Joe Biden, at Joe Biden, December 16, 2019 Biden does lead Trump by seven points in a new Fox News poll, but Trump's overall approval rating in that survey is 45%, with 53% disapproving of his job performance. In the real clear politics average of polls, 
Biden leads Trump by 6.2 percentage points and Trump's average approval rating is 44%, 8.8 points underwater. In any case, point made, point one. The USA Today slash Suffolk poll surveyed 1,000 registered voters December 10th to 14th. Peter Weber Schumer says not allowing witnesses at impeachment trial would amount to a cover-up Senate Minority Leader C. Huck Schumer, DNY, is preparing to negotiate with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, RKY, over the impeachment trial for President Trump, and he's making one thing clear, he wants to hear from witnesses. On Sunday, Schumer sent McConnell a letter informing him that Senate Democrats want four officials who refuse to participate in the House impeachment inquiry to testify during the trial, acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, Mulvaney aide Robert Blair, and Office of Management and Budget Official Michael Duffy. In a Monday press conference, Schumer once again stated how important it is to have the witnesses appear. The Senate and millions across the country are asking, what is the president hiding? Schumer said. Why doesn't he want the facts to come out? Trials, he continued, have witnesses. That's what trials are all about. Live testimony is the best way to go, Schumer said, and for the trial to be fair, senators must get all the facts, so to engage in a trial without the facts coming out is to engage in a cover-up. To conduct a trial without the facts is saying we're afraid. There is no reason on God's green earth why they shouldn't be called and testify unless you're afraid of what they might say. When asked late Monday about calling witnesses, McConnell said he and Schumer will be getting together, and we'll have more to say on that tomorrow. Catherine Garcia study finds California coast Al waters are twice as acidic as the global average. A new study led by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has found that waters off the coast of California are acidifying twice as fast as the global average. Scientists looked at nearly 2,000 shells of a microscopic animal called foraminifera. They measured deposits on the shells and determined that over a century dating back to 1895, the waters had a 0.21 decline in pH, more than double the global average of 0.1. When carbon dioxide mixes with seawater, a chemical reaction makes the water more acidic. Since the Industrial Revolution, the ocean has absorbed more than a quarter of the carbon dioxide released by humans and roughly 90% of the resulting heat, the Los Angeles Times reports. While the ocean has served a very important role in mitigating climate change by absorbing CO2 from the atmosphere, there's a capacity at which the ocean can't absorb anymore, NOAA researcher and study lead Emily Osborne said. From this study, and so many other published studies, there's no question that the answer is to curb our carbon emissions. Researchers also made an unexpected discovery, finding that the Pacific Decadal Oscillation, a natural warming and cooling cycle, plays a role in ocean acidification making it better or worse depending on whether it's warm or cool. The study was published Monday in the journal Nature Geoscience. Catherine Garcia Mid Opioid Crisis, Purdue Pharma's Payments to Sacklers Inc. Eased dramatically a new audit commissioned by Purdue Pharma found that during a time when more lawsuits were being filed against Purdue in connection with the opioid crisis, the Sackler family withdrew more than $10 billion from the company. Members of the Sackler family have owned the company since the 1950s. Purdue's signature product, the opioid OxyContin, was approved in 1995, and the audit shows from 1995 to 2007, the company made $1.32 billion in payments to the family. From 2008 to 2017, when the company was under intense scrutiny for its alleged role in the opioid crisis, Purdue made $10.7 billion in payments. The audit shows that some of the money was moved to trusts and overseas holding companies, the New York Times reports.
More than 2,800 lawsuits have been filed against Purdue, and the Sackler family has said it will give at least $3 billion in cash as part of a settlement to resolve some of the suits filed by state and local governments. Purdue is going through a Chapter 11 restructuring, and the report was filed in a New York bankruptcy court on Monday evening. In a statement, New York Attorney General Letitia James said investigators must see detailed financial records showing how much the Sacklers profited from the nation's deadly opioid epidemic. We need full transparency into their total assets and must know whether they sheltered them in an effort to protect against creditors and victims. Catherine Garcia Congress unveils $1.3 trillion spending deal C. Congressional negotiators on Monday evening unveiled a $1.3 trillion federal spending bill which includes $25 million for federal gun violence research, a 3.1% pay raise for civilian federal employees, and the repeal of several Affordable Care Act taxes, the Washington Post reports. Congress is expected to pass the legislation, with the House likely voting on Tuesday and the Senate voting later in the week, before Friday's deadline to avoid a government shutdown. President Trump's border wall will receive $1.375 billion in funding less than the $8 billion Trump requested, but the administration will have the ability to take funds from other accounts. The legislation includes $7.6 billion in funding for the 2020 census, $425 million in election security grants, and a $22 billion boost in Pentagon funding, while also increasing the age for purchasing tobacco products from 18 to 21. Catherine Garcia the DNC is still scrambling to resolve the labor dispute threatening this week's debate Los Angeles, we may just have a debate. As of last week, not a single contender plans to attend Thursday's Democratic primary debate in support of a labor union striking at Los Angeles Loyola Marymount University. And even after spending 20 hours on the phone trying to resolve the dispute this past weekend alone, Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez has nothing concrete to show yet, Oxios reports. Loyola Marymount hospitality employees have been striking against food service PR providers at EXO since March. The Unite Here Local 11 group informed Democratic candidates last week about the strike and, one by one, they all said they'd boycott the debate to avoid crossing the union's picket line. Perez is now scrambling to resolve the dispute because it's too late to find another location, most venues are full with holiday shows and sporting events, CNN notes. So with Perez, a former labor secretary, in charge, the DNC has resorted to orchestrating an agreement between the workforce and Sodexo. He understands the importance of getting the parties back to the table, and expects that to happen promptly, said Xochitlino Hosa, a DNC spokesperson. DNC staffers seem hopeful as well, and have already started heading to Los Angeles, Oxios says. The Democratic National Committee has already faced a union challenge to this debate deciding in early November to pull it from UCLA over a union's three-year boycott on speakers at the school. It announced the debate was moving to Loyola Marymount a few days later. Catherine Kravchik